I'm Nurse Jessica Seitz, along with Nurse Erica. We're Nurses Uncorked, the podcast that takes nursing facts with nursing comedy and makes a little cocktail out of it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Nurses Uncorked. Um, it's Nurse Jessica Seitz back here again on another Tuesday with um, Nurse Erica. And today we are beyond excited to have two very special guests with us today. We have Nurse Sybil Garbo with us, um, and alongside her is her adorable, um, supportive husband, Michael Garbo. Um, Erica has become, you know, pretty close with them, um, especially Michael, in the last several months. Um, Unfortunately, she hasn't been able to speak with Sybil, so I'm going to let Nurse Erica give you guys a little bit of background if you don't remember, or if you're like, I know that name, Um, I'm going to let Erica dive into who Sybil Garbo is. Take it away, Erica. Yeah. So you may have seen my videos or some other people's videos about this case, but uh, Sybil has been a nurse for over 40 years. And back in 2021, she was working in a mental health facility where she, uh, you know, deep COVID had to disinfect the surfaces like we all did and had a can of disinfectant, was spraying a desk. And uh, another coworker, uh, a white coworker, uh, claimed that Sybil was spraying her with it and not the desk. And there, from there, was an altercation, which we'll get into some more of the details. And ultimately, uh, Sybil turned herself into the police because there was a small head laceration, and it went to trial. And Sybil, unfortunately, back in July, I believe, was convicted of felony assault and sentenced to six months in a minimum security workhouse correctional facility uh, from which she was just recently released, but still is facing five years of probation and uh, a large restitution fee that she must repay of over $51,000. Currently, her donor box is only at about $18,000. And once you hear the ins and outs of this case, I'm sure that you guys are going to be motivated and want to help Sybil put this behind her. Uh, We really need to get her to that $51,000 mark, so this is not hanging over their head. Uh, We will put the link in the show notes, but it is donorbox.org forward slash Sybil, S-Y-B-I-L dash Garbo, G-A-R-B-O-W. And so with that, welcome to the podcast, Sybil and Michael. It's so good to finally see you. Yes, it's good to see you too. Yes, it's nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you can you take us back to that day, Sybil, uh, in 2021? And from your perspective, tell us what happened. Yes. When I got to work, as usual, um, you know, after washing our hands, we would have to start cleaning the desk between each shift. So Devlin worked the day shift. And so I was coming in. So that's what I did. I cleaned the chairs and the desks and come around. But this time she did not, she really didn't move like she normally does. 
she said, are you crazy? And she pushed me, yeah, on the chest. And I moved back and I picked up the receiver. I was going to call for help because um, I just felt like she was she was trying to provoke me. I felt like she was getting loud and because she had a plan. And so mm-hmm. when I picked the phone up to talk, um, she grabbed the receiver out of my hand. And when I reached to grab it back, she that's when she hit me on my left hand and then busted the skin open right at the right at the base. Wow. And uh, and then I just hit her with that can because um, I had it in my right hand, but I, my intent, I guess, was to hit her back. Right. Uh, and so, um, and then I just put the can down because I, I was really upset then. And I, and I picked up my briefcase and left out the room because her hair was bleeding. My hand was bleeding and hurting. And so I felt like it just had escalated to a point where I wasn't comfortable with being in there anymore. So I went out the room and I went up the hall and across the hall where my husband's office was open. Uh, and he wasn't in there right there. I said, I'm going I'm to leave. And and uh, because I kept thinking about George Floyd and and Dante Wright, I said I'm not letting no police take me nowhere. So then I wanted to clean my hand off, so I went into the employee uh, area to to um, wash my hand. But I heard the the sirens coming, and I just grabbed paper towels and dabbed it. And then I came out and I said, I'm leave. So I went to my friend's house. We went in and she put ice on my hand because it was swelling up. And, and I had pretty much stopped the bleeding because it was, you know, it was, wasn't was down to the deep tissue. Mm-hmm. It was uh, still superficial to, yeah. uh, to the point where I could get the bleeding stopped. So then we decided to call the the police um and um the police asked um the the husband if he could if they could come and pick me up. And so he said no, he said we'll bring her there. And so then cuz um they said that they just wanted to talk to me about my side of the story. But when we got there, oh, even before we got there, someone called me on the phone and said that my days was numbered. Ooh. And so Yikes. we got to the police station. The um that policeman, he he said, um, you're you know what what you're being charged with. And so I said, no, he's he said first degree assault with a dangerous weapon. I say no. Wait, no. and the dangerous weapon it. was the can of disinfectant, right? Right. 
right. And in my mind, a dangerous weapon is like a knife or a gun, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said no. And so then I said, well, you know, I wanna, I wanna talk to my lawyer and stuff. And but they, he never really read me rights. He just told me what was gonna happen because they put me in jail for three days. Mm. then that must and have been so frightening it was like right right it was very frightening you know they first and they they held me in the holding cell for from seven women's yeah it was like seven to 11 something at night and I told them I said I have met I have a diabetes type 2 and I, you know, and I have hypertension and high cholesterol. I said, I need to take my medicine mm-hmm. and I need to eat. They held me all that time. And then when they, they took me up to that floor, they said, well, it's nothing open to eat now. So you'll just have to wait till tomorrow. How, you based- do you, how did you know oh, go ahead. Devlin though? Like, I want to go back to that part. Like on the, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure during shift change is I, I, this is what I'm gathering is that you've had encounters with her. Um, what what kind of encounters did you have? Um, was it in giving report? Was it um, and and why was she um, not happy with you? Why was she being so so harsh towards you? Are you allowed to speak about that? Um, because it was a number of things that led up to that. Um, it was like Devlin, you know, like she felt like she was in charge of all the nurses. When in essence, we had a supervisor, a registered nurse supervisor. Devlin was a licensed practical nurse, just like me. Okay. But the thing is, she, it was a RN in that position, that day position, before she got um, put into that position, promoted to it. And um, she pretty much chased the RN away, I was told. I was not there working when when they couldn't get along, but other employees, not just on that shift. That and but on the night shift, they told me that they didn't get along. And Devlin had a track record as far as with me and the residents. Mm-hmm. If she was upset with you, mm-hmm. she retaliated, and that was against policy. But that's bullying. Know, that's that's yeah. there's right. bullying. Yeah, right. So she had a reputation as a bully and there had been rumors that she had run off one or two prior employees that also happened to allegedly be black as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And this, the thing is, is that when she ran the nurse off before me, she went from making $25 an hour to $30 an hour salary position. And they hired me and I'm, I 
was hired at $27 an hour because I have a, you know, a, some his some experience mm -hmm. in nursing. Just a little, and 40 so, years. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and also I have a four-year degree beyond the LPN. So when she found out and uh, that, you know, I was more educated than her. I became a threat. I felt okay, and, and that's that's yeah. your speculation, right? But th there's a good reason to speculate that. And uh, the other at, the other things that were leading into it was that there uh, that uh, uh, focused on uh, Devlin focused on a lot of errors that Sybil was making but she really wasn't making them. She would create those errors. And you okay. can describe more of it. And, right. and Michael, you worked there. You you knew Devlin, of course, and and your wife. You worked there. You were employed there as a psychologist, correct? That's correct, yes. So you I had intimate knowledge of all of the dynamics mm -hmm. there. Yes. Uh, and in fact... You know the 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 tenseness in the relationship between Devlin and Sybil uh, uh, led Sybil to want to quit, and the program director wanted her to stay. She, uh, the program director, found Sybil's work to be very satisfactory, and Sybil got along well with all the staff and all the residents. Um, the uh, the, the rest of the staff were kind of frightened of uh, Devlin, and, and uh, there was at least one who didn't want to even be trained by her because wow. he knew what she was doing, playing, uh, uh, switching up medications in the pill boxes, and didn't want to be wow. set up to be uh, uh, written up for med errors by her, which she regularly did. She was writing everybody up. Except for herself. Except for herself. So and this was this I a long-term care? What kind of facility no. is this at? Mental this is health. a residential, what's called ERTS facility, intensive residential treatment service. Okay. It has sixteen uh, people with men who have uh, diagnosed mental illness. Okay. Yeah. And, and they stay there for about ninety days and then get released back into the community. Okay. So basically there had been some prior um, kind of warning signs, correct me if I'm wrong, from uh, Devlin that you had been concerned about, that you had kind of brought forward, maybe discussed with your husband before this incident. And that day you felt like she had a plan, regardless of what you were doing, that she was going to create an incident allegedly is how you perceived it. Yeah, and the the surprisingly part of it, the program director and the nursing supervisor was supposed to have a meeting with her that day. Oh, and that day, interesting. You know, and so, yeah, and and the the like some of the mistakes that she would make. And and all the staff would have omissions sometimes. 
but she would write a name, a list of everybody's name, but she never included her name. And if you called her on it and said, well, you know, you got some, some omissions, then that's when she would retaliate. The next mm-hmm. day you come in, she, um, she would act like you didn't set up uh, the appeal, uh, the med minders, right? And, uh, and and you, she would just come up with be, with a list of things, and you couldn't prove it because um, there was no cameras, right. you know. So she could set you up any time, and so that's why I told my husband. I said, you know, I'd rather leave at one point because you know she, I, my license is on the line, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, and so she was, Sybil would tell me she wanted to leave and not return to work. And uh, in retrospect, unfortunately, I convinced her to come to work that day. I said, you're scheduled to work. We need you. Uh, don't <laughs> leave the organization high and dry. Come oh, to work wow. and, and fulfill your uh, shift obligation. And <sighs> unfortunately, that was the day that this incident occurred. How many patients, Sybil, did did you have at a time, typically? Of the 16 patients, like, how many were you assigned? Um, It was one nurse to all of those patients. So I guess what Um, I'm trying to get at is, is so you and Devlin had to speak to each other every time you'd be on or she'd be coming off because you had to give each other a report, correct? Okay, that's that's the picture I'm trying to to paint here. So um, Mm -hmm. I, I can understand i know nurse bullying i've lived it i've been there Um, and when somebody wants to find things wrong and point things out they will find anything any tiny nitty gritty minute detail um to cause a ruckus so i i i know that i get that and i'm sure anytime you tried to probably give report now if i'm wrong you correct me, she would probably find something wrong in your report or something you had done wrong during your shift or that you didn't do enough of, or that you didn't, um, you weren't fast enough or you didn't clean the patients enough. I'm I'm guessing because I've lived it. So I'm trying to kind of paint a picture for everybody. So no matter what you would do, you knew if you were coming off your shift and you had to give report, or, you know, or vice versa, it was not going to be a good encounter and it was uncomfortable. Am I right or am I wrong? And I don't know the specifics. I'm just asking. Get it the nail on the head. And uh, Devlin would try to portray Sybil as incompetent when Mm. uh, everybody else saw her as very competent. Right, yeah. And when she went on her hunting trips with her husband... Um, the everything was very calm, and and it was not all of this fault finding. And um, it was a she, typical day. You would give right. report, get report, and it was right. what it was right. supposed to be. And then she, so she, I would like to add something at this point. Mm-hmm. This isn't. This wasn't admissible in court. I I talked to the attorney about it, but I think it's very telling. It is. I, I've been there prior to Sybil's hiring, during Sybil's hiring, 
and following both their departure. My experience with uh, Devlin on uh, working there is that she made life and everyone's life very difficult. After she no longer worked there, I've still been there. Everybody gets along. There is nobody written up and no, the nurses are very content without uh, someone So it went from uh, toxic like to a healthy work environment, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. That's correct. So they would not and let you describe that, Sybil, in, in, in court? That was not allowed to be discussed, like the events leading up or? No. Not, not that those. Yeah, right. And she, they didn't want those events let, uh, leading up to it described to the jury. Uh, the prosecuting attorney specifically limited any testimony to just what happened that day in the nursing office. And so when it did finally what go about, to court. What about your hand? Like, what about what? Yeah, what about your hand? Nobody cared about your hand? The male prosecutor said you could have did that to yourself. And they, they, when they were picking the jury, members, they got down to people that didn't know anything about nursing. I'm sorry. I just, for people that don't know the story very well. So this eventually went to trial. Uh, It was an all white jury. Uh, There was no African-Americans on there. And you yourself, for those that may not be watching, but only listening to the podcast, you are African-American. And uh, the prosecution alleged that uh, you should not have defended yourself, that you should have just walked away when this happened. And you asserted that this was self-defense, that you did not strike her with the can until after she had already physically assaulted you twice. It was self-defense and you were trying to get away, correct? Correct. Okay. And they told me after then that there's no such thing as self-defense in Anoka County. What? That's what they told me. What? That's what crazy. kind of county okay. is that, Sybil? <laughs> that sounds a little I, interesting. It. They need to investigate that county. It's different. <laughs> And why, and, why, if you could have inflicted the your own hand wound, why could she not have inflicted her own head wound? Right. Thank you. I'm just saying. Well, she, Sybil, Sybil takes responsibility. She, she didn't inflict her own head wound. Sybil acknowledged that she struck her. She's being You're honest. being honest. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she's not mm-hmm. denying that she struck her. She's only saying she struck her after Sybil was, uh, shoved and was assaulted by uh, Devlin. Was there any report of a concussion or um, any brain swelling or anything like that at the emergency room? No. And, Mm. um, and they kept saying that the emergency people, um, including the physician was, Mm -hmm. uh, was like close to incompetent. Oh, of course they were. Of course they were. Mm -hmm. And, all know as nurses that you you have to be 
very intelligent to be a physician in the ER. Absolutely. you, You know, you have to be able to intervene in crisis like that, in mm-hmm. emergency like that. And but they downplayed their their capabilities. It was it was just I felt like I was in a bad dream. How was it for you, Sybil, when you were on the stand testifying? How did you feel that went? They um, wanted to paint me as a aggressive, uh, ignorant street black. Mm, not fair. Not fair at all. I'm sorry. And they kept saying, and they still say that, uh, including the probation officer, um, the victim, they, they, uh, the probation officer actually said we're tracking that that restitution money and that is not for you that is not for you to if you're gonna get an appeal or anything that's for the victim referring to the donor box donations right which which you only have set up to pay off the restitution in the first place the insinuation is kind of a threat that they said they were watching you, right, Sybil, and what you were going to do with the donor box. Mm-hmm. And all you want to do is raise enough to pay it all off so you can move on with your life, right? Right, right. And it's currently just that. over 30000 short of what you, I think I looked before we started, it was at eighteen thousand one hundred sixty two and you owe fifty one thousand three hundred and fifty and you know guys every little bit helps a dollar five dollars twenty dollars anything that you can do these things really do add up uh as we have seen before like in the redonda bot case to help to help you i will do whatever i have to do to help you get get that money i will post it on every one of my pages because especially after talking to you today I know in my heart that you've been wrongly accused, wrongly convicted, and it, this is absolutely ridiculous. Do do we want to talk about um, some of the pictures, Erica? Yeah, that I yeah. Saw today, so or? there were some uh, some body cam footage and some other video footage and still pictures. I think that were taken from video footage that were presented at the trial uh, and Jessica had a chance to review those pictures prior to the podcast. And so I haven't seen them yet. And so Jessica, as a registered nurse looking at those, do you think that they are um, depicting what the prosecution alleged that there was like a huge six inch inch laceration and puncture wounds and all that? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't even know what the prosecution alleged. Okay, prior to today, specifically because Erica, I I only know the what I know about Sybil's case from what you have posted. To be honest, um, I've seen a couple news articles, but I went into this kind of blindly, which I think I I'm more of the perfect subject to look at the photos versus somebody that may slightly be jaded by having almost 
too much information. Um, so I don't know exactly what the prosecution said. I looked at the photos today and looking at it as a nurse, somebody with, you know, medical experience of, oh gosh, I don't even want to admit how long, a long time. <laughs> um, I looked at the photos and initially what I saw was one laceration, small laceration on the top of her head. Okay. Um, I saw a lot of dried blood all over her face. Um, I saw a picture of um, her face uh, cleaned up. I don't see any puncture holes or scrapes or scratches. Um, I saw one picture that looks very graphic, which is a lot of blood surrounding her on a desk. But I know as a nurse that head lacerations bleed like a mother. You know what? They They do. Um, It's a very vascular area. And if you're a mom, you've had kids. If you've hit yourself, you've fallen, slipped, cut yourself in the back of the head. It looks a thousand times worse than what it really is. So what I saw was I saw a small laceration on the top of her head that it looks like they sutured closed, a bunch of dried blood on her face, a face that was then cleaned off, saw no marks. I did see one eye that looked bruised. But the photo that I visualized, it looks like an old bruise, in my opinion, not a fresh bruise. It's very yellow. So in, in my opinion, uh, the only thing I saw was what Sybil described was that, yes, she hit her with the can in self-defense, and it happened to hit her in the scalp, and it caused a lot of bleeding that looks very dramatic. I hope I described yeah. that well, but that's pretty much all I could see from those pictures. Did you see, uh, did you look at her eyes? Yes, I did. Thank you for mentioning that. Her eyes, um, and this was another thing, I guess she claimed that the disinfectant was sprayed like in her eyeballs, like that that was the initial thing. Her eyes looked, yes, her eyes, the, the sclera I'm talking about looked as white as, white can be probably whiter whiter than mine they looked clear i didn't see any redness i didn't see any irritation i didn't see any redness around the eyes um in those photos and i viewed i think seven of them i did i did not see it um did not see any redness all i saw was an old bruise around one eye that looked yeah. yellow after uh sybil uh, uh hit her she claims that after she was struck seven times in the head, allegedly struck seven times in the head, and was sprayed in the eyes, she then says to Sybil, uh, that was inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. very that's a very um very calm cohesive statement to make. <laughs> if you've been whacked to the point that you're not gonna be able to walk anymore, or right. um <laughs> To be able to say <laughs> say something like now, Sybil, if you struck her seven times, you didn't do a very good job of breaking. Like, what happened to the other six wax? <laughs> you must have missed. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right. Um. On the the emergency department, it said that her hair was soft spots in it, but if you look close to her head if if she would have been hit any more 
it would have been reddened. It would have been swollen. If she has soft spots, it was probably from birth. No, soft just... spot. <laughs> and and so I, I want to point. I know. I want to point out a couple of things. Um, Sybil, would you mind if you're comfortable sharing your age for the audience? I'm 72 now. Um, when this altercation happened, I was 70. And she was 57. She's mm-hmm. 59 now. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I'd like to point out, she used to dye her hair at that time when this happened. Uh, and so that's why when you look at the the picture, it, her hair is dark. But when she came to court, she was grayer than I Oh, how convenient. And she had had added hair because her hair was thin when I remembered her. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, she has this add-on extensions. And I knew it was extensions because I grew up and my mother was a hair uh, stylist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, you know, I've been in performing arts in the past. So, you know, and we had to wear different wigs or different add-on pieces and stuff. So I know my hair and I know when someone else has, you know, so, and her husband also, his hair wasn't that great. They both came looking like old timers. <laughs> Makes you wonder if that was they wanted to make themselves it? look. She wanted to look probably more frail, and yeah, like that you could have yeah. taken her, taken her down. I, yeah. So it's absolutely Sybil, ridiculous. Is it your opinion that uh, there was some some racism involved in your trial? Do you think that that came into play? Because a lot of people not knowing you, but hearing the story, think that that's pretty apparent. Opinion, it it could be, um, it could have been, um, because the way they did the uh, elimination of the jurors, um, because when the pool of people first came in, um, it was one African-American female and it was a a Somalian man. He looked like he was in his early 20s and it was a Hmong lady. She said she was 21 and everybody else out of those 28 people was white and so they kept going around and and the prosecutor said that what the first they didn't even let the black uh, uh, African American. She was not picked. Period. She had a PhD, and so, and then the guy. They said that he looked like he was on drugs, and that he couldn't stay away. The man wouldn't look up and stuff. This was a uh, a man from Somalia, and you know, in other countries. Sometimes, yeah, and and other cultures, 
they feel like to look you dead in the eyes is a form of of uh, disrespect and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. true. So, in my opinion, that he, you know, that's what it was. The man wasn't sleepy. He, yeah, and um, and and then the among um, lady, um, she, they just went round and round, and they they eliminated her. And we got down to twelve people, and and they even they had a nurse before they got down to the twelve people. They got rid of the the nurse. Too. Of course they, they did. Always do that. Oh, it's infuriating. Of course they did. Infuriating. I'd like to add that uh, I, I I don't know if it was all racist, but there was an all white jury. Mm-hmm. The judge was Caucasian. Uh, the bailiffs were Caucasian, the sonographer was Caucasian, and the two prosecuting attorneys were Caucasian. There wasn't one African-American except for Sybil in that courtroom. And Michael, what are you for people that can't see right now? Are you African-American? No, I'm, and I was Caucasian <laughs> in there, but I wasn't allowed to be in there because I was well, a witness. What I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is that it, it you're another um you're a non-african american person right. that is just yes. pointing yeah. out the the obvious of what yeah. what was what was there yes i would like to mention i don't know what significance this was but to me the, there was there is some significance in what i'm going to describe uh, uh when we were assigned a courtroom uh, for all the days that Sybil had her court case, they uh, assign a courtroom. So you look up on the uh, digital board and uh, you know what courtroom to go to. Sybil's mm-hmm. case was never on the uh, uh, assignment board. So no one could ever know where uh, the courtroom was. Oh, interesting. Uh, that, that just seems strange that they would do that. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't even know what significance to it, but I think it was a, a significant observation. I'm just curious, like, did, are you, do you still have your license or? License are, is inactive, but the, at the sentencing, the judge, his intent, and he made it very clear, was to take my license, but I let my license expire before okay. then. Okay. Okay. So he couldn't have that choice. Okay. Because oh. this court process started in in May of 2021. So my license was due to to be um, renewed in I think it was February of 2023. So. We were going to court. Uh, we were doing hearings uh, and, and uh, Zoom and, and everything. So, you know, I, I didn't want to pay for something. I knew he was, you know, I felt yeah. that I knew he was going to. And that was his intent. But, you know, so, you know, and if I went and got it reinstated now, he, you know, I think he was. Yeah. 
I fear that he would take it. So, yeah. you know. So, so even though you're out of jail what, now, you're not able to work as a nurse. You're employed doing something outside of nursing, correct? Right. Right. I, I work in in this office where we're at. That's that's uh, such a shame. It's like a double double punishment, you know. Right. And but what I, about well, like Sybil? Sybil, you were right though. In I, I would say you were right in the fact of letting your license lapse because that at least right. that gave you a little bit more of control. Of you made the choice. Control. You made the choice instead of right. letting them take something else away from you. And I completely understand right. that. I I get right. it. I really do. Yeah. Right. What about uh, an appeal? Can you tell us if that's in the works at all? Well, I would like to have an appeal um, because, you know, I feel like even at the age of 72, you know, if I choose to still take care of people, which that, you know, ever since I was a small child, I've always been a caregiver. Oh. And and so, you know, I feel like I'm more than capable of being a nurse. You know, I did pri- uh, primary nursing. I did, you know, been part of the, the team nursing. I worked in group homes. I started out in the hospital on a med search. Uh, floor at St. John's where I took, I was trained mostly in that hospital even before that. Um, You know, I took a lot of my clinicals there and uh, I've been in long-term care. I've worked as a charge nurse on lock unit for people that, you know, had mental health disorders. I've worked in dual diagnosis settings and I worked when uh, I was a single mom, a single parent, I and was going to college. I worked for pools so that, you know, I just, I wouldn't work full time. But, you know, I, I could work doing that and going to college. So, yeah. um, I and I know that mm-hmm. I'm a good nurse. So... Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you know, I just, yeah, the cost of an appeal, um, you know, I've I consulted with some uh, attorneys and stuff and they, you know, they're saying, well, we can't guarantee this and we can't guarantee that. And my husband and I, you know, we don't have a lot of money, you right. know, so we're both, you know, getting older and stuff and we have other long-term and short-term expenses, you know, it's a situation that I pray about that can be turned around. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Is there going to be a uh, civil suit against you? I already know the answer to this, but do you want to answer it for people that are curious if uh if uh the devil i'm so i mean devlin <laughs> if she's planning <laughs> on suing you civilly well oh. she already tried um we had to uh retain an attorney as well and because of 
the time factor and the, and and that lapse and plus um he kind of shot down every claim um she couldn't follow through with that so she, um Good. so she ran back to the criminal court and mm-hmm. that judge in my opinion felt sorry for her and came up with this Oh, ask my husband in court in front of some people that he didn't even know how much he made annually. And so he's, you know, being honest, he told him, and that's what they're basing all this restitution money on. Oh, gosh. And he didn't even have a dog in the fight. How, Sybil, how did it feel when you heard that day, when you heard the sentencing, that you heard that you were found guilty that you were going to serve time. Um, how how did that feel? Did you feel like that is what the answer was going to be? Did you feel, what were your thoughts that day? Well, I felt it was unfair, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what I really thought too beyond that. I said, well, it's maybe it's kind of good. It's, it's to end today. It happened in these times, I say, because if it would have happened um, back past the 60s or something, they probably would have took me out in the the square and hung me. Yeah, sad. It's sad to think that. It's sad to think, honestly, that racism still exists. And it sounds like it. Sybil. Sounds like it does. You've had a lot of um, people saying things about you in the press, in the media that you haven't really had any control over. And I know that can be really hard to read things about you that are not necessarily true. Is there, is there something that you would like the public to know or that you would like to maybe clarify or clear up? If she wouldn't have pushed me and hurt my hand, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have reacted. And I remember clearly that the judge says, well, you have no remorse. And so my uh, uh, defense attorney, he says, oh, you know, say something, say something. And so I said, well, I'm sorry I hit her back. But, you know, why, you know, I mean, uh, many people wouldn't have had no remorse uh, when they accused of something that didn't happen that way. And, and she's, I was going to say, I'll say it for you, Sybil, if you don't want to say it. Why would you have remorse when you're doing nothing but self-defense? Why, why would you be remorseful when somebody attacked you first and all you're doing is after being struck twice, you're fighting back and getting yourself out of that situation? I wouldn't be remorseful at all. If you, I know that it's hard for you to probably Neither say it because I. of everything you're going through, but I will say it for you. And I would, I would have done exactly what you did in that, in that situation. And you know what, Sybil, you did nothing wrong. And just like nurses across the country that even defend themselves against patients, they too are being seen as that they've done wrong. A, a patient right. will whack them and punch them or hit them in the head, but God forbid the nurse fight back and try to protect themselves and they're seen as wrong. And yeah. it's, this is, these are times that are messed up in nursing. They are 
are crazy um, and and things need to be fixed and need to be done right. And it's you you yeah. don't feel bad for saying it, sweetie. Don't right. right. And I knew I just felt like if I would have uh, said what was really on my mind, um, he would have had me march right off to jail. And they had the nerve enough to say, oh, well, if she wants to uh, have another trial or anything, uh, she's perfectly welcome to. If I would have said I wanted a, a, another trial, they would have threw me in. I would. I feel like this. They would have threw me in jail, and I'd probably spend months there before it even, and I didn't want to have another trial in Anoka County for nothing. I right. wouldn't I don't either. blame you, you at all. You were just trying to survive. You were just you're trying yeah. to, yeah. Well, Sybil yeah. and, and Michael, we thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast, for trusting us to tell your story. It's been a pleasure getting to know both of you. Uh, I know the nursing community is behind mm -hmm. you and supports you, all five million of us minus Devlin. <laughs> um, and, well, and I just want to say that Sybil's complexion is beautiful. It if is. I oh my gosh, it is. Her 72, I, if I look like that yeah. at 72, I will be the happiest Honestly. woman in the entire world. You are absolutely beautiful. And I you can are. see why Michael loves you and why he scooped you up and married you. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'm welcome. asking for everyone that's listening, for the nurses, for anyone that's listening, if you can, please donate. Anything at all helps. Yes. Uh, $1, $5, anything that you can do. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, but it is donorbox.org forward slash Sybil dash Garbo. Please donate. Let's get Sybil, Sybil I'm going, to the 51000 I'm going to donate $500. Thank and you that so donation much. is on behalf of Nurses Uncorked. I just want to say that I'm putting that donation out there on behalf of Nurse Erica and myself. And it's, it, it's what needs to be done. And I hope that other people will follow in our footsteps and at least try. Because you, you deserve something fair. And you deserve... Um, your name to be cleared the right way. So yeah. And I'm yeah. glad you're home until okay. next time on the next nurses uncorked.